At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, it is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM as we welcome you in on a Thursday. Week 17 kicks off tonight. You know, Michael Lombardi, often late in the year, it comes down to for betters. It comes down to motivation. For Tennessee tonight, it's preservation, right? Because they just got to get out of this game. They're going to sit everybody, including potentially Derrick Henry, because week 18 down in Jacksonville is going to be the division as we say hi, Michael. How are you? I'm great, but it's also, and I said this yesterday on the show, it's also an opportunity for them to get Josh Dobbs some reps because there's no chance, there's no chance they can go into uh, go into Jacksonville with Malik Willis and think they have a chance to win the game. There's just no way they can do it. They're not good enough to compensate for his inability, and he's not ready to play quarterback yet. And so to me, this game tonight, although Al's going to have a bad taste in his mouth, get ready for this, it's going to be a preseason game to a degree because they're going to need to get Josh J- Joshua Dobbs some reps to get him kind of comfortable, to get him used to it, to get used to the offense and kind of paint the landscape to get ready to play a playoff game next weekend. And, of course, as we officially welcome you, it is the Lombardi Line, VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Uh, you had drama yesterday, plenty of storylines to discuss with you. I've been looking, chomping at the bit to get here this morning to talk to you. Speaking of Malik Willis, so he's thrown for less than 100 yards and no touchdowns in each of his three career starts. 
The last to do that four in a row was, I got to admit, somebody I've never heard of, Randy Hedberg, back in 1977. So Malik Willis I, I, is not necessarily prolific so far in three starts. Yeah, no, I mean, and you know, I mean, like last week, Patrick, he th- he got gr- he got a grounding call on a, on a free play. I mean, it was just not good. I mean, he's again, I don't want to I don't want to kill the kid. He's not ready to play. And and, right. and Vra- remember. Vrabel took him out of the game in a preseason game, right? I mean, Vrabel removed him from a preseason game. So, like, we know how this is going to work. Like, he knows he's not ready. And so there's no way he could take his team into Jacksonville and have a chance to win knowing that he can't move the football at all with a quarterback that can't make any throws right now, that he's not ready to play. And it's really not fair to the kid. It's not fair to the kid at all. I mean, he's going to look bad, and it's going to be bad. I mean, he hasn't thrown a touchdown pass all year, Patrick. You, you know, what, think about that. You just, you know, well, I, mean, you just I know he he hasn't thrown for over a hundred yards in three starts. I mean, he they're they're I mean, completely afraid of him. They're hamstrung by him. They, he can't process it. He can't read. There's no rhythm to his game. There's nothing good, and he's a rookie player. So why would we expect it? I know that he was supposed to be a first-round pick. I know the experts that grade quarterbacks for the draft that never have made a pick in their life thought he was sensational. But, you know, there's a reason he transferred from Liberty, from Auburn to Liberty. There's a lot of things here. I'm not saying he's not going to be a player, but let's put things in perspective here. You know, what's interesting about that, I'll set up the number, just one more thought, then we'll get to some of the drama from yesterday. What's interesting about that is, when you said Vrabel pulled him in the preseason, that may have been a little bit of a power struggle with Robinson, the GM, as well, right? Because yeah. Robinson drafted Willis, and Vrabel may not have ever been on completely on board with the pick. He may not have been. I mean, you know, and, and, and why would he have been? Like, this guy's not going to help me. You know, coaches are often, who's helping me out next year? And you just used a third-round pick that that guy, he's not going to help me win next year. Now, if he's an elite player and we all loved him, but I'm sure there was a lot of – I'm sure it was one of those the scouts see a lot of talent in Willis and the coaches, um, we're not so sure, right? Like, yeah, he's athletic and talented, but I'm not sure he fits what we do. So so you could put that in perspective there. I mean, look, that they have one chance to make the playoffs. They have to go into Jacksonville – and they've got to win, and they've got to get some production in the passing game. They just can't keep pounding Derrick Henry and run screens to Henry. they got to do something to make a play. They're not going to pitch a shutout. The last time they played them, Jacksonville exposed their secondary, took advantage of them, and now they're injured. So a lot of these guys – so tonight it's going, to be a, it's going to be a preseason game. Tonight, I think, if you're really interested in playing it, the Cowboys are a three-point favorite in the first quarter. I would take the Cowboys in the first quarter hard. Because I go. think that the, the Cowboys are going to come out and try to and get this lead, get ahead, and then try to back some of their guys off, get them out of the game. I don't think Pollard will play. I don't know if you should play Makai Parsons, but maybe if they do, I would expect this game to look more like a shirt and hat game at the end of where the, everybody's wearing their hat waiting for the game to get over. Yep, the market has certainly reacted to the motivational factor for the Titans. Remember, this open 9.5, we're all the way up to 13 with Dallas laying it on the road. Of course, a slew of starters ruled out Michael Jeffrey Simmons, Hooker the safety, Dupree the linebacker, Cunningham the linebacker, uh, left guard, right guard, both questionable. You know, this is a team that already had their top three offensive linemen on IR. So Tennessee, no quarterback. It It is just brutal right now, and everything points to next week, so... Uh, Well done with the three in the first quarter. Okay, so we'll have plenty to do on that one as we continue. We've got a new segment, No Way, 
no doubt. Shout to Elliot for that one. Samich is going to join. Will Hill is going to join. Of course, it's Thursday. Mike Palm is going to join. I'm not so sure that Derek Carr will be joining the team on the sidelines. So we have to discuss this and, you know, could kind of see the writing on the wall with Derek Carr after the terrible pick in Pittsburgh, but he has been benched and it's going to be Stidham. We'll get to the adjustment on the number. What was your immediate reaction? I'll full disclosure, obviously your son is the offensive coordinator, but what was your reaction when that finally made the decision to bench Derek Carr? You know, I, I was, I was surprised that they just didn't finish the season, but I understand why they did. There's too much money at stake. And I think once they made the decision that this isn't going to be a long-term affair, that they needed to kind of get themselves out of it as quickly as possible to not have any exposure. So let's go back to when McDaniels comes in, right? Coming off a playoff year, Carr played well, threw for 4,800 yards, you know, was was play, played well. So you come in. Now, there's a lot of – I don't want to say disconnect. There's a lot of opinions on Carr throughout the league. Is he an elite player or is he not? And so if McDaniels walks into the building and says, I want to get rid of Carr, I need a new quarterback, that's not a, that's not a good look, right? That's what happened in Denver. He got rid of Jay Cutler, and you know all of a sudden everything went upside down. So they extend Carr's contract. They give him basically say to Carr, this is a prove-it contract. We're not sure about you. You've had some good seasons, although you've only had two winning seasons in your career. You know, you, you've not really been able to stay consistent. Every time the play breaks down, you haven't been able to make a lot of plays. But let's go into this with an open mind. We'll give you this money, and we'll see what happens. And as the season progressed, and you saw this unfold, whether it was the first game of the year against the Chargers, whether it was the, the second game of the year, uh, you know, where the you know they can't make a play in the second half against the Cardinals, and then the Tennessee game, or throwing the ball in the end zone for a chance to can't make that play, you know, and all of a sudden things start to unravel. And the more unraveling, I think they got to the decision. And Pittsburgh, to me, was the accumulation of it all. You know, you have a chance to kind of keep the ball, third and five. You got an in-cut wide open to Darren Waller. You throw the ball to Mike Tomlin. You know, then you got to play. Then you got to play to Hunter Renfro, and you throw it to the deep. So I'm not saying those two plays caused it. I think those two plays were similar to a lot of other plays that caused concert that made the decision that there's no sense in going forward with this. The particulars, Carr signed a three-year, $121.5 million extension with the Raiders in April, which included a no-trade clause. Carr's entire 2023 salary, which is a little over $32 million, plus $7.5 million of the 2024 salary, is otherwise fully guaranteed for injury. So meaning, if Carr is injured over the final two weeks, Las Vegas would be on the hook. So this is purposeful. They're going to sit him, uh, prevent him from getting injured, and then we can reevaluate after the season. The no-trade clause in that extension is a big deal here. Well, I mean, look, you know, this was basically a deal that both sides said, okay, we don't know where we're going with this, right? We don't know where we're going. So what do you need to make yourself happy? Here's what we need to make ourselves happy. Like, I don't want you to trade me to someplace I don't want to go to. I don't want this contract to be, to have to carry me through if I don't want to go to the team. And I think that's a fair concession the Raiders made. Because if Carr comes out and plays great, we're not having this conversation. If Carr makes about 10 or 12 throws that are better, think about this, Patrick. Carr's career, almost a 65% completion percentage. He ranks 30th in expected completions in the league. 
I mean, he's at the bottom down by Baker Mayfield, down by a lot of quarterbacks that, that weren't completing passes. Davis Mills. I mean, he's down that low. I mean, Devontae Adams with, with Aaron Rodgers was at a 74%, uh, a 72%, excuse me, completion percentage of, of, a, of attempts, of targets and completions. He's at 55 this year. Now, is right. that because McDaniels can't call plays? Is that because the offense is horrible? I don't know. I watched the tape. Like I see guys open. I don't see the ball. I see Devontae Adams wide open for a first down. I see a pop fly down the middle of the field that's intercepted against the Rams. You decide. So the number opened the 49ers at Vegas, as you know, opened six, adjusted up to 10. Now we've seen a couple of shops come back to nine and a half with San Francisco laying it on the road and Jarrett Stidham in. Is that an overreaction as far as the adjustment? Well, I mean, I, I think it. I thought it was light to begin with. With Carr at six, I, I, I when I first saw the Monday lines, I thought, wow, that's a little light. I mean, it, how are the Raiders going to block them? How are they going to handle the pressure? Now, I don't know how motivated San Francisco will be because I think that's a question. Do you really want to play Nick Bosa and Armstead in this game? Do you really want to play a lot of your? You, you pretty much have the you have the third seed for sure. Can you get the second seed? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe if Minnesota loses, you can, so you play this one. I, I'm sure they will. How much do you play McCaffrey? So I thought that six was almost like, do they think San Francisco's not going to play? I think nine's the number. I think it's more realistic. I had it at 8.7 on my power rankings, so I thought it was the be the better number. Look, I will say this, full disclosure, my son's the OC there at the Raiders. I'm not saying that the Raiders coaching staff is perfect. I'm just saying when you watch the tape, there are plays that make you believe they have to change direction. I was sitting right there with your wife, end of the first half against the Rams, wide open Devontae Adams, he threw a pick. I, I'm just telling you what I saw, like literally wide open. I don't. That's know all you can do. All these yeah. guys that are apologizing for, for Carr don't watch the tape. Musical Chairs quarterback continues next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, 
as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, of course, college bowl season is here, and VSIN has you covered. We have picks, spreads, totals for every single bowl game. Head to vsin.com and check out our bowl betting coverage. While you're there, now is a great time to become a VSIN pro. That's how you get the guide. Uh, you can become a, scr- a subscriber for 79 bucks. You get access to everything we do now through the big dance. So go to vsin.com slash subscribe. It's $79 through March Madness. And as we welcome you back, and Michael Lombardi knows this, I've become kind of the gatekeeper for Thomas Gable and a few others passing along the picks of the day. When you become a pro, vsin.com slash subscribe, you get Thomas Gable's college basketball picks. Of course, he runs the race and sportsbook at the Borgata. Uh, he went three and two yesterday. He just sent me five more picks. I just sent them to Elliot. They will be up momentarily. So make sure you go become a pro to get those picks from TG. Okay, we welcome you back. Of course, plenty to do. You kick off week 17. Sounds crazy to say it tonight in Tennessee. A depleted Titans team hosting Dallas who got off against Philly and scored a bunch. Dak probably played his best game in a little while. I I think you would say 347 through the air, 41 on the ground, and three touchdowns and a pick for Prescott. Plenty more to do on that. The musical chairs as far as the quarterbacks. So just to wrap up the car thing, taking a leave of absence to not become a distraction what do you read into that? What is that? Well, I mean, they're not going to play him, right? So they reached an agreement that they, they said, hey, look, we're not going to play you. Uh, and so there's no sense in faking this and having you on the sideline as the third. Qu- we don't want to humiliate you and make you the third quarterback. Right. Obviously, you know, I mean, you're better than the backup quarterback Garber. So what? But we don't. So why would we do that? And I think it's kind of a mutual agreement by both that they said, OK, fine. I know I'm going to be a free agent at the end of the year. I mean, I think they they, they genuinely like Derek Carr. Derek Carr's a great kid. There's nothing wrong with Derek Carr. It's just it's performance based. I mean, it, I think he would be the myth to say that he missed some throws this year, you know. And 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 can he get it back? Yeah, maybe he can. But I think when, as I stressed, when you watch the tape, anybody who's sitting there saying, you know, what was fascinating to me when I was doing research on it this morning, 
was as good as Carr played last year, his QBR rating this year is better than last year. Hmm. I, I shook my head. How is that possible? He had a 56 QBR rating this year, 52 last year. Like, like I'm not saying they're good, but he was a, clearly a better player last year than he is this year. I mean, he throw he threw for almost he threw for 4,800 yards. Now his sack percentage was higher, his completion percentage was higher. One thing I thought that Gruden was able to do with Carr was get him to throw the ball down the field more. This year he's back to 7.0 yards per attempt. He's not throwing it up the field. I think you said something very interesting. When somebody struggles in athletics, we start to conflate that with their personality as well. So they start getting crushed as a person and not just a performer. And everybody loves Derek Carr. The reason he's not with the team is not because the head coach and the coaches and the team doesn't like him. I mean, he's a super likable guy. It's just his performance hasn't been up to par, and he's got to sit. That's the way it is. It's a tough business. And, now, and they've go got ahead. to make a decision. I mean, look, I, I think this. When you've had two winning seasons, I, I, I we had uh, – the, the, I forget who it was. I think it was Mike Sando yesterday. I mean, I believe this is true, but Archie Manning actually had a better winning percentage than Derek Carr has in his career. So really? when you have an elite quarterback, when you have an elite quarterback on your team, you really have a way to kind of hide and mask it. And Carr has done some of that this year. The reason they're in so many of these games is because he's made some plays, right? But the problem is when it comes down to it, when the play breaks down and the second play occurs, he hasn't been very good. And then when the game is on the line and to make a play, he hasn't been very good. So there's certainly a lot of plays you could say, man, that's a really good play by Carr. That's a hell of a throw by Carr. There's a lot of that. But at the point where the game is determined, those safe plays that determine the outcome of the game, if you're not making those, it's hard for you to say you're going to be a $40 million player. Musical chairs at the quarterback position. Bridgewater is in. Miami opened one. Miami opened two at DraftKings. So one circa, two DraftKings. I think one and a half, maybe BetMGM. Miami at New England. New England now three across the board. We'll talk about Tua. Let's first hear from his head coach, Mike McDaniel. I've been advised by um, medical professionals that uh, it's uh, critical that that uh, Tua worries only about um, the day that he's currently in and nothing else. Um, he he is in the building. Um, but beyond that, um, it's, uh, as medical professionals will, will tell you, um, any added, uh, pressure, any added, um, sort of, uh, uh, anything beyond that day does not behoove, um, the process at all. So I'll take that very serious. We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. So two is in concussion protocol. He threw three interceptions on consecutive drives in the fourth quarter to leave the door open for that Packers comeback. Bridgewater in. I mentioned the adjustment on the number. We'll just call it one and a half. Now bet up to three in New England. Well, I mean, look, the the, the one thing we know about football, right? Football's a, a team sport. And yes, they'll miss Tua. And Tua's had a fabulous year uh, in certain areas. There's been no denying that. But I think if you go back to the first game, and you watch the first game closely, the 20-7 to victory that was against the Patriots, the defense won that game. They, were, they, they forced three turnovers in the game. They got 10 points out of those three turnovers. I think Miami really had about one drive in the game. They threw that fourth down pass to Waddle for the touchdown. Other than that, they really were not 
in tuned into the game. So for all the people that think because two is not going to play, it's going to be an easy win for the Patriots, they haven't watched the Patriots offensively at all. I mean, they haven't watched them. And so this will be a struggle for New England to throw the football. I mean, last time they ran, they threw for 193 yards. He was sacked twice, turned the ball over three times. You know, they couldn't convert third downs. They, they, they were just not good enough. And so this has got to be a defensive struggle. And the offensive line for New England is going to have to play a lot better. I don't think New England's saying, okay, we got Bridgewater, everything's going to be a lot easier. I think New England's worried about their season as well based on how poorly they played for most of that game against the Bengals. There's not much that social media or just media in general agrees upon, but before the season started, when Matt Patricia was announced he was going to be calling plays, I think we all universally said, yeah, I don't know if that feels right. Will it be one and done for Patricia as the play caller there in New England? Well, I think there's a lot to to go through. I, I think he, you know, certainly Coach Belichick's got to evaluate where they are. And I can't imagine they can continue down this road, whether it's the quarterback coach, Joe Judge, whether it's the offensive play caller. I think what's lost in all of this, I said this yesterday on Pat McAfee. I've said this here on our program many times. What gets lost in all this is their inability to really, the offensive line's not playing very well. And Matt is running that too. And so he's going to have to do something about it. He needs an offensive line coach, and it's not Matt Patricia. You know, that's not – and so where does that lead him to? I think this is going to be a hard conversation because the, these guys have been very good to the program. Joe's one of the best special teams coaches in the league. Matt had been on defensive staffs that have won Super Bowls. He's been the coordinator. So there's going to be hard conversations. But I don't think anybody who's watching New England offensively thinks that they can continue to go down this road. Yeah, I'm seeing a couple of two and a halfs pop up now. This morning, when I took a look at the board, New England was you know, kind of blanketed at three. Now, you see mostly threes, Miami and Bridgewater at New England. Uh, two and a halfs are showing up a little bit here, so maybe a little buyback on the Dolphins. I, I, I think you got to be really careful just assuming this is going to happen because, look, the, Miami's going to play man-to-man. They're going to get after the quarterback. They're going to put pressure on Mac Jones, and the, and the Patriots have struggled to handle pressure. I mean, it's just they haven't blocked well. This, the, 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 really, the, the, the cornerstone problem in New England is their offensive line play. You know, the play calling, I, I'm not defending that. I, I, I think they just run a bunch of plays. They don't run an offense. I've said that. But the real issue, the real core issue, if you want to break it down, is their offensive line play, the inability to improve the line, to get those guys play at a high level, whether it's run blocking or pass protection. And this is going to be a hard f- game against them. Because the, the one thing, the strength of Miami's defense is they're going to pressure you. And Josh Boyer knows, who's been in New England for years, he knows how to pressure them. And he will. And I think it'll be hard. And if they turn this ball over, I don't care who plays quarterback for Miami. Miami will win. Can Belichick lure, remember, is it Dante? Tell me the offensive line coach that came back out Dante of retirement. Scarnecki. No, I think Dante's pretty much done. Uh, but... I, you know, I mean, I think that's the real issue. They let the, the line coach, Carmen, go to to Las Vegas, and they didn't replace him. They put Matt in that role. Well, Matt, as I said this summer when somebody was – we were deciding who is going to call the plays, I said I didn't think Matt Patricia would call plays because you can't call plays and run the line. It's too hard. It's too many things. You're coaching the line. You're, you've got five guys you got to sink. you got – Offensive line is all about technique and fundamentals and drilling. and it's, it's a lot of things that you have to work on, and it's hard. 
if you're calling plays, you're just working on calling plays. You're, just, you're not as good as a – and you're only coaching one guy, the quarterback. Well, that is – that's not it as far as the quarterback carousel because when we come back, Ron Rivera, they need a win against the Browns, the Commanders, and they're going back to Carson Wentz. We shall discuss. That number did move. Did it go up? Did it go down? We'll give you the answer. And then Will Hill's going to join as we continue Thursday here on the Lombardi Line. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, VSEN, we got you hooked up. The holidays are still upon us, so you can sign up right now. 79 bucks through March Madness if you become a pro. vsin.com/subscribe. You get a $20 credit immediately when you sign up for the online store, which is very cool. Remember, becoming a pro they're making money, but you get everything we offer. Michael Lombardi exclusive articles. You get the pro tools, including the betting splits and all of the betting guides. Go to vsin.com slash subscribe. As we welcome you back, we kick off week 17 tonight in Tennessee. And you get Bill, and you get Bill AD puts a quote in there. I mean, you know, the, 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 mat, the ability to kind of the range of those newsletters is just really impressive. Yeah, Bill AD Hemingway. The, if, so Washington hosts Cleveland. If Washington yeah. lost to Cleveland and Detroit beat the Bears, viable, and the Packers beat the Vikings, viable, Washington would be out of it. Okay, so they'd be out of the playoff contention. So this is a huge game for them, hosting Cleveland. Yeah. Ron Rivera is going to go with Carson Wentz. Before you react, let's hear from the head coach of the Commanders. Well, I think the biggest thing is he's, he's more comfortable with what we're doing. That, that was evident in, in the game. Uh, in spite of the fact that you know they knew we were going to throw it, they, they kept coming. And I thought he handled those situations very, very well. You know, he got the ball out a couple times hot, um, got it up to where they needed to be thrown. Um, he threw some really nice balls. Uh, his decision-making was very quick. So, I, I, again, I just think that now he's had a little bit more of an opportunity to, to, to see the rest of the offense, feel the rest of the offense. And um, I think that's, that's, a, that's a big part of it. The other part, I think, is, you know, he got a little bit of a reset. You know, he, he missed several games. He had an opportunity to, to heal up. To, to you know, to to look and feel better, and I, I think that's exactly where he is right now. Okay, well, the market's not buying Carson Wentz. This number opened Washington three and a half. It's been bet down to two two and a half. He's just a st- the problem with him is he's a statue and he doesn't throw the ball away. That's what yeah. Heineke gave you a little bit of that escapability. Wentz doesn't, but the reaction to Carson Wentz being named the starter here. Well, I think he had to do that. Like, I think when you watched his team play, I mean, you know, when you watch some of the games that and Heineke's been able to win, they really haven't been dynamic in the passing game, right? You know, the one game that they, they made plays in the fourth quarter against the Giants, they threw for 246. Then they come back against the Giants, he threw for 228. Now, you got to throw the ball. Last week, they threw for 270 against a really good defense, right? They scored 20 points, which is not, you know, that's a lot of points for them to score. So... I thought that Heineke's like a lot of guys that are undersized, that lack a powerful arm, that lack great skill. They kind of the more games they play, the less effective they become. They don't get stronger, they get weaker. And after nine starts, I, I was saying it last week, I thought he was gonna have to go back to Wentz. Now what he just said there I think is critical. Wentz maybe understands what they're doing, he's gotta get the ball out on time, and he's gotta get it down the field because 
Heineke, for all his limitations, was trying to get it down the field. He averaged 7.2 yards per attempt, whereas Wentz, when he played, he was at 6.5. I mean, that's not good enough. You can't win it. You can't win around seven, but you can, you definitely can't win at 6.5. You know, I mean, just ask the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Brady's at an all-time low. He's at 6.1. You can't you can't win games at a 6.1 yards per attempt. Forget about completion percentage. He's not getting any yards. So. They've got to become more explosive, and maybe he's reconnected with his teammates. I mean, we're going to find out how they respond. I mean, we found out how Denver responded when Russell went back in last week against the Rams. We'll find out how Washington responds. Yeah, from what I understand, I don't think that there's a chasm. Everybody loves Heineke in the commander locker room, but I don't think Wentz is disliked. Remember, he just got there. It's not like they have a reason to dislike him. Heineke's fascinating, only 206 passing yards a game in his nine starts, but he does all of the other stuff. The team loves him. He provides a spark. There's certainly something to him as a person, but the arm, the arm strength and arm talent just isn't there. Wentz is markedly above as far as being able to push the ball down the field. I mean, you could understand why they weren't going to go all in on Heineke this offseason, right? It makes sense, right? There's no way. Now, the problem both guys run into is the offensive line. They're not good enough up front, you know, and that's the biggest issue, right? We talked about that with New England. New England's problems are before you really want to kill Mac Jones or kill anybody, their offensive line's not playing well enough. It's the same thing here in Washington, especially against a front like last week against San Francisco where they're coming after you. I thought Wentz held it in there. You know, he held in there, made throws. You know, he wasn't a robot. Sometimes Wentz plays so mechanically in steps. Mm -hmm. There's no rhythm to his game. You know, there's no real rhythm. There's no feel for it. And maybe last week got him off on the right foot, you know, in terms of getting more comfortable. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. He, He does become a bit robotic. They got Chase Young back, a little bit of an impact, even on a pitch count. You know, Robinson and Gibson, a little one-two punch. The problem is, you mentioned the offensive line. Letting Sheriff walk, and I think it was just about money, that was a mistake for the commander. Sheriff was a tremendous guard, and they just don't... And you mentioned Leno against that kid from the Giants. Why is his name slipping my mind? The first-round draft pick, the edge there. Oh, Thibodeau. The Gi- oh, my. Leno was a turnstile. Thibodeau, he, but he's he was doing been a turnstile he all year. I mean, the, the the tackle situation for Washington has not been good. I mean, Cornelius Lucas plays right tackle because Cosme has been hurt. The second round pick in twenty one. Leno's the guy they signed from the Bears. Can you imagine getting a guy from the Bears and thinking you're improving your line? The Bears got rid of him, and the Bears don't have any <laughs> linemen. You know, yeah. and that's always a concern. I mean, we're taking a guy; they need him, and we're taking him. And then they're inside. You know, Schweitzer's not a great big physical guy. So you know, look. They're going to have a hard time blocking Miles. If they don't double Miles Garrett, this could this could be a turnover game. And Wentz can't they can't afford that. But they have skill players in Washington. The Dotson kid, he had a, I know he had a big drop last week, but they've got skill players and they can move the football when they kind of play the snail game where they kind of go slow, two yards, five yards. You know, they keep their defense off the field. They play better. They have three studs, two studs. McLaurin's a star. Dotson's going to be a star. Samuel, you can do some stuff with. The tight end, Thomas, is playing a little bit better. So it's not like they don't. And you mentioned Robinson after the injury starting to come back. A, a change of pace with Gibson. They have tremendous, they have a lot of skill on offense. It's just the offensive line and the quarterback uh, position. Big question marks. The defense obviously played well for the commander. So we shall see. Again, that number and they just did. don't score enough points, Patrick. They don't score no, they enough don't. points. They ranked they ranked 28th in the league in percentage of scoring when they start a drive, right? 
you know, and so that's just not good enough. They're 25th overall in points. So they, they don't score. They, they don't get the ball in the end zone. Now, fortunately, they're playing against a team that doesn't get the ball in the end zone a lot either. Yeah, Scott Turner's offense tends to stall out just a little bit here. A couple other, and we'll get to Will, but a couple other questions. One, if you take a look at Pittsburgh and Baltimore, that TBD next to the quarterback spot there for Baltimore, the number tells you Lamar's not playing, right? Right now, like yeah, we're I sitting so. two and a half with Baltimore at home. If Lamar's playing, that's above three. So my assumption is Lamar, who wasn't at I'm practice I'm surprised it's this playing. close. I mean, if you if you like Baltimore, you better take it right now because I'm surprised it's this close. I think when they announce officially it's Huntley, because if you go back and watch the last game, and I have, uh, I mean, Pittsburgh was the better team on that day. Now, they didn't win. Pittsburgh didn't stop the running game. The, Pittsburgh was not good in that game. They gave up 215 yards rushing, you know, but they only threw for 104. Now, since that game, Pittsburgh has played much better run defense. They went down to Carolina, held them to 21 yards, you know, and they were they were the more physical team. They were able to do it. it but what cost Pittsburgh this game more than anything was their, uh, was the turnovers. Trubisky turns the ball over twice and uh, three times, and that killed them. And both of the two of those turnovers were in field goal range, at least makeable field goal range, and he turned it over, and and that killed him. They moved the ball up and down the field on this team. They moved it pretty. They were impressive. I thought Trubisky played well. He threw for two seventy six in the game. I mean, he, he only had nine incomplete passes, and unfortunately, three of them were to the opposing team. But to me, I left that game thinking, wow, Pittsburgh's really – and when I went through my numbers this week, Pittsburgh has really improved. I mean, they have really improved. And I, I'm surprised they're not the favorite. I really am. Even if Lamar came back, I think it should be a pick game because if you're going to get Pittsburgh in the points and you know Pittsburgh's, Pittsburgh's playing better than Baltimore. I mean, it was all – Baltimore got very fortunate to beat Atlanta last week. Very, and Atlanta's not nearly as good as Pittsburgh. I just think to me that that game's imbalanced. I, I had this game, Patrick. I had this game, you know, as a two point five seven game. When you break it down, Baltimore the favorite, but to me, this is teams going in different directions. When you break down the game codes and you break down where they're all going, it's a lot closer game than that. And if Huntley's going to throw for one hundred and seven yards, I, I think it's going to be hard. Plus, Pittsburgh got embarrassed; they got ran for two hundred yards against them. They're not going to let that happen. The Rooney's made a good decision. You know, I think Tomlin was in his mid-30s when he was hired. Pretty much unknown. Yeah. Made the hire. And he shows his medal over these past few seasons. Bless you. He shows his medal over these past two se- few seasons when you know they're not going anywhere. The season starts to slip away, yet the team gets better. That's been, they you know, got, it's that, gotten better. It's so impressive. It's so it really impressive is. how they've improved. And the teams they've lost to earlier in the year, they would beat now. He's a listen. I know Dan Campbell is everybody's favorite. I I and I know Pittsburgh fans get frustrated with the playoff success or lack of from Tomlin. I'll trade. Okay, I'll just be honest on the record as a Lions fan. Y'all take Tomlin. You take Campbell. Let's move forward and see what happens. He's a he's a hell of a coach. When we come back, our buddy Will Hill is going to join. Remember, we've got Samich and we've got Palms pressing three on a Thursday to come as well, and a new segment. No way, no doubt.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, football fans can turn a loss into a win with the King of Sportsbooks. Just place a first touchdown score prop bet on any Monday or Thursday night football game. If your bet loses, you're going to receive up to $25 back in free bets. This offer is available all season long. Wager confidently and take your game to the next level with BetMGM. Just log into your account or download the BetMGM app and sign up today. Again, 
25 bucks back if you lose out on your first touchdown score prop today. BetMGM. Got to be 21 years or older. 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. Promotional offer not available. Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. So as we welcome you back, I, I knew we were going to see Josh Dobbs. Uh, the, my assumption was it was going to be Malik starting. Michael, would you like to clarify what's happening with the Tennessee quarterback situation here? Well, look, I said this yesterday on the show. Vrabel's way too smart, right? He's way too smart. He knows there's no chance, there's no chance he can beat Jacksonville with Malik Willis. There's no chance. So he's got this Thursday night affair that is meaningless to him. So it gives him a chance to give Joshua Dobbs 65, 70 reps, how many they get, to learn the offense, to get comfortable, keep a small playlist together, let him get comfortable with the receivers, you know, get him out there, get him some experience. We're not expecting it to look good, but what we're expecting him to do is to take those 60 reps, carry him into practice next week, and feel more comfortable when the ball gets kicked off down at Duval. So to me, this is a preseason game for the Titans, and why not play Dobbs? Because there's no chance, zero chance, they could beat him with Willis. There's zero chance. Well put. Will Hill joins. Reaction to Dobbs being a starter here. I know one of your plays is Titans team total under, I got 13 and a half for team total. Does it change anything for you? Makes me more nervous. Uh, I, I think it's possible. It's not, you know, not likely, but it's possible. Willis never starts to get in the NFL, and if you're going to give me like over under nine and a half, Willis starts for his career. I would definitely go under. He's just not an NFL quarterback. I don't know. I, I'm totally with Lombardi. I don't know how they run him out next week on the road with a chance to win the division. Now we don't know how Dobbs is going to be. Maybe Dobbs looks worse. It'd be hard to be worse, really. I mean, not to be too hard on him, but as long as Dobbs can attempt a forward pass, he's got to be just as good as Willis. I know Willis gives you something with the legs, but uh, can't really be worse than Willis. I don't know that Willis really ever starts again in the NFL. To me, he's just not an NFL quarterback. I don't, I don't buy this idea that he's just not ready. He's just not any good. Um, so it makes me a little more nervous, especially somebody who's rooting for the Jaguars to win the division. I want to see Willis out there, but I expect Dobbs plays tonight, obviously, and then you know Dobbs plays going forward as long as he just shows a pulse out there. So it makes me a little more nervous just because the unknown versus the known of Willis. About well, the I mean, Jags. they just to me this is all about this is all about just getting. I don't think it's you're grading Dobbs's performance tonight. It's about getting them reps. We got to get them comfortable. We got to get them where it is. We can't really. I, they don't expect much from them. Let's face it. But they got that. They, they, everything they're doing is gearing towards. We got we got a playoff game next week. If we win it, we're in. If we don't, we're going home. And how do I best maximize that? And so I take this game and turn it into basically a a rep game a high-speed rep game against a good defense. And all of a sudden now, the Jags, who had lost five straight, they're minus 240 over at DraftKings to win that division, Will, which comes down to Week 18 down in Jacksonville. Where they're probably going to be six, six and a half, maybe seven-point favorites. We'll see how Dobbs looks tonight. That'll affect some of it, but... Boy, I think that'll be at least six next week. So the Jags are in good shape here. It'll be interesting to see how they play their game versus the Texans. I, I guess they'll keep the foot on the gas. They've been playing well. They want to play all their starters from what from what Peterson said. You never know if that's the truth where, hey, we're going to start our starters, but then take them out you know, halfway through. So we'll see. But uh, Jags are in good shape here to win a division. And it'll make the playoffs more fun. If we get Lawrence in the playoffs with Burrow, Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, I mean, that's a lot of really good quarterbacks in the AFC. So uh, the Jags are by far the more fun team to get in the playoffs. No doubt, and they're and they've got a chance. To, they could beat somebody, right? I don't think Tennessee, even if they, you know, with Dobbs at quarterback and the great Derrick Henry behind, it's hard. And their their defense is so beat up. 
I mean, what Jacksonville exposed to them two weeks ago was they can't cover. They can't cover, and if they can't rush, if Simmons is at 100, percent it's it's pitch and catch out there, and and they and. And Lawrence made it. Now, it's interesting. Peterson said, you play every game to win. You know, and I said yesterday, like, seriously? He said that? I mean, here's a guy that, that basically did a hockey substitution when they played the Giants. Remember that line shift that just went in? Oh, everybody's out, you know? Yeah, you wonder if that was from above. <laughs> that, uh, that, that, was the week, that was the final week of the season, 2020, where they just laid down for Washington and let Washington in the playoffs. So you wonder if that was coming from above. You never know. Again, you never know what to expect if these coaches are telling you the truth or not. Well, it's also preservation for Vrabel tonight. Simmons isn't going to play Hooker, the safety, Dupree, Cunningham. So a lot of players, I, I would be shocked if we saw Derrick Henry tonight. Will, that leads oh. to your next play. Dallas Cowboys, you're going to lay the seven and a hook in the first half. Yeah, I just look, I, I mean, maybe the Titans make a little push at the end. The Cowboys, you know, get a big lead and take their foot off the gas. Uh, maybe, you know, your first half is just a better way to go. This will probably close 14 once once you figure out all the guys that are sitting for the Titans, because I think there's more guys to come. Henry's going to be ruled out. A bunch of these guys are going to be ruled out. I actually think this closes 14. So Dallas first half, Dallas 13 for the game. I'm okay with both. I don't like laying this many points in the NFL, especially on the road. But like you guys said, this is a preseason game for the Titans. They're going to play basically nobody here. So I would expect the Cowboys here to roll. You know, I like the first quarter, Will. I think the first quarter's three. I like the first quarter. I think that, to me, I think if I'm Mike McCarthy and I know their intentions over there with all their inactives, that what I just have to do is get this lead, get ahead of them, and then I could start taking some of my guys out. I'll get Cooper Rush in the game. I don't have to play Parsons 70 plays. You know, I can start helping my team get healthy as I get ready for the playoff game against the AFC lose winner. Yeah, first quarter is three. You only have to lay 15-cent juice on the Cowboys in that first quarter. You get a total of seven and a half in the first quarter. I'd like that play, Michael Lombardi. Okay, uh, let's look to the weekend with our buddy Will Hill here. And one, you guys were just discussing this one during the break. Uh, Carolina, you are going to catch the three at Tampa Bay, Will. Tampa Bay is not three points better than any other NFL team. I know Horn is out. That's concerning. Uh, you worry about them, you know, covering the the, uh, the Bucks receivers, but Tampa Bay, I don't know how they're even uh, where they're at. They've had some of these miracle wins, whether the Saints giving the game away, the Rams, Arizona the other night not running the play clock. To me, Tampa is a dreadful team. I know it's still Brady. I know you still respect the name and the uniform, but to me, they're not three points better than anyone. I think Carolina beats them, so I'll take the Panthers here plus the three. And Darnold's played pretty well. I, I have never been a huge fan of him, but they got a nice running game. He's He ha actually hasn't killed them, which is surprising. So uh, I, I do think Carolina wins this one. You know, I, I think Darnold's played really well. I mean, he makes a great throw to uh, to DJ Moore on, on, a, on an all-out blitz by by Detroit. You know, he made a great throw early in the game on the outside. I mean, he's made the throws they've asked him to make. I think they're trying to find the right offense for him and keep him out of those third-down plays where, you know, he throws the ball in the middle of the field and it gets intercepted. And and like you said, if they run it. Now, the problem was when they couldn't run the ball against Pittsburgh, that, that became a real issue. And and they still didn't turn the ball over in that game. Big upgrade at quarterback for the Jets. Sounds crazy to say it, but Mike White over the number two overall pick and Wilson. You're going to lay the point, point and a half here at Seattle. Yeah, to me, the Jets are just a much better roster. I think the uh, the cat's out of the bag here with Seattle. I don't know if you, you guys have watched Scooby-Doo when you were kids, and at the end, they, they find the bad guy and they take the mask off. 
I think we've sort of taken the mask off with Seattle here. We know who they are. They're not a very good team. It's pretty simple with the Jets. You know, when Wilson's playing, you bet against the Jets. When Wilson's not playing, you bet on him because that's a good defense. You know, they got some receivers. Uh, obviously, they miss Hall. They miss Vera Tucker. But that's actually turned into a decent roster, a pretty good roster uh, that just needs a quarterback. White can operate the offense. I know it's not an easy place to play, but I just think Seattle, uh, they're they're kind of done, and, and I think the Jets probably beat them here. And Jets got a shot here because Miami's now banged up without Tua. You'll see Bridgewater. Jets got a chance to sneak into the playoffs. Well, I mean, look, the, you know, Seattle hasn't won at home since they beat the since they beat the Giants back in October, so they've struggled at home. And you know, the one thing is bad lines don't travel. I'm not sure this Jet line's really good. They played really well. They blocked in Minnesota. They were able to give them time. He got the crap beat out of them against Buffalo, which caused them to miss the game. So they're going to have to protect. I know Seattle's not a great defense, but I will say this: Seattle, if they beat Seattle, it'll be because Seattle Seattle will play their best game of the season against the Jets because. They know this defense better than anybody. Pete Carroll invented the defense Robert Salai is running, and if they can't move the ball in the Jets, if they protect with the two rookie tackles, they're never moving the ball again. First game for an interim coach angle in Kansas City with the Denver Broncos. You're going to take the 12 and a half, Will. Yeah, I'm going to. I just like betting on these teams the week after they've been embarrassed. I think they're professionals, they'll show some pride. Kansas City has shown no willingness, no ability to cover these big numbers. They just sort of pace themselves. You know, they, they don't win by any margin with these big spreads. We've seen it against the Rams. We've seen it uh, against Houston. They sort of play down to their competition. So Denver's always played them pretty tough, too. I remember they had that, the crazy comeback uh, a couple weeks ago where Denver at least covered the numbers. So it's a lot of points. I, you know, obviously you like the 13 because it's more of a key number. But I think Denver's competitive in this game and they bounce back and the defense plays pretty well. Yeah, I mean that Denver defense. That, that I, I had that logic last week. You know, when, when it came to the Colts, it didn't work for me there. I don't know. I mean, this this Denver team laid down last week, and now the substitute teachers in place. Wow. Well, Will, we'll keep the Scooby Doo theme going. Go get a Scooby snack. Thanks for the hit. We appreciate you. All right, thanks for having me, guys. See ya. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Ca- Will. It's a, ca- a casual Will Hill today with the Lombardi line gear and the lid. I like the look. When we come back. We're going to debut a new segment. No way, no doubt. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, 
and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.